Well, we are on this series in the book of Daniel, and why is Daniel important? If you have your Bibles or your devices, please um, get that to Daniel chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. Uh, Why Daniel's important? Daniel is a prophetic book, and it is an uh, apocalyptic book, which basically talks about end times, but also Um, prophetically talks about, even though this was like 600 some years before Jesus came to earth um, for his first time, by the way, Jesus is going to be returning again. Uh, We don't know when, but we do know that we want to be ready to meet him face to face. But, um, But we learn a lot about God's nature and his character and then how it applies to us. So Daniel chapter 4 today is going to be really talking about the uh, importance of humility. It's going to be talking about the, um, the, what happens in a wilderness experience in your life. How many people would say that they've been through a wilderness experience? Yeah, we know what that's like. I've had a little bit of a wilderness experience. Hey, only two more weeks to go for the boot, by the way. Um, so not only did I have an injury that uh, we're going, to, that I'm, I'm getting through. Um, I wasn't here last week because I got sick, and and thankfully I fully recovered. So that was a wonderful too. But I was like, Jesus, I am going through a wilderness experience. But we're going to be talking about actually the uh, the joy of that can happen in that wilderness experience. But Daniel chapter four is talking about Daniel's, uh, sorry, Nebuchadnezzar's, King Nebuchadnezzar's second dream. We talked about his first dream a few weeks ago, and and then uh, we loved, thank you, uh, Charlie Temple, for doing Daniel chapter 3. Great message. I had the privilege of watching that online. By the way, those of you joining us online, we are grateful that you are joining us today, and uh, you're very much a part of this church. So I'm not going to read the first whole part of, uh, of Nebuchadnezzar's dream because he then goes on to say um, this description of his dream. Interestingly enough, Daniel wrote most of this book, but here Nebuchadnezzar gives us actually Daniel chapter 4. I'm going to read the first part, uh, just the first few verses, and then I'm going to um, go into the interpretation of his dream. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar to all peoples... Nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders of that most high God, uh, what the most high God has done for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion endures for generations to generations. Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar is writing this after the fact. After the, he has this dream and then Daniel interprets the second dream. And then he has uh, a little bit of a fall. You've heard the expression, pride goes before the fall. Oh, yeah. So I hope that's none of you. And we're going to learn about uh, Nebuchadnezzar's pride. Okay, so he has this dream and then in verse Um, or say in chapter 19, you know you're getting old when you're going to have to actually take your glasses off to read. What does that mean? This is the very first time I've actually done this. But now the Bible is getting a little bit closer to me here to read these small (laughs) words. (laughs) Here we go. Daniel chapter 4, verse 19. Then Daniel, 
whose name was Belshazzar, was dismayed for a while and his thoughts alarmed him. This is going to interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. The king answered and said, Belshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Belshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. The tree you saw, which grew and became strong so that it, it, its top reached the heaven, it was visible to the end of the whole earth whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, in which was food for all. Under which beasts of the field found shade, in whom, whose branches the birds of the heaven lived. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reached to the heavens, and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound it with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field and let him be wet with the dew from heaven. And let the portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods of time pass over him. It's actually going to be seven years, but that's the seven periods of time. Pass over him. Um, this is the inception, O king. It is a decree. A t- sorry, it is a decree from the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the King, that you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat like grass, um, like an ox, and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time shall pass over you. So on and so forth. He's basically saying, here's the interpretation of the dream. And then verse 26. And as it was commanded to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed to you from that time that you know the heaven rules. Therefore, O king, here we go, coming to the end. Let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be lengthening of your prosperity. All right. So here we are. Um, King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, really disturbing to him. Daniel interprets it. And Daniel is a little bit afraid to tell King Nebuchadnezzar what's going to happen, but, but he gives him a warning, and he's saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, this is what I want from you. I want you to break off your sins by practicing righteousness. And these are lessons for every single one of us. Then he says, in your iniquities by showing mercy. So basically he's saying, not only do you break off your sin, but now you need to start showing mercy to people especially those who are oppressed. That's why I love what we say, you know, reach the lost, care for the least. There, there is something that God has in, designed in each one of us to care for people who are suffering, who are going through some difficulty. That's why when we do family promise, which I think there were seven slots, Jeremy, we still have seven slots ready to be filled. He's back there. He's going to see you in the foyer. Um, that's why when we have an opportunity to serve these families, It is actually what God has called us to. But here he is. 
Show mercy to the oppressed. There, there may be perhaps the lengthening of your prosperity. I think sometimes that we can, we can begin to forget who God is and we can begin to say we are great. The, the dream was a great tall tree. And we know we said pride goes before the fall, and here it goes. Daniel's warning him. God has warned him in a dream, King Nebuchadnezzar, to say that there's a fall coming for you if you don't humble your heart. Well, it only took one year, and then King Nebuchadnezzar makes this statement. And this all came about King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of the 12 months. He was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built in my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty? <laughs> oh, pride goes before the fall. And then the scripture says immediately his kingdom was taken from him and he lived seven years in the wilderness. The Bible says that his nails became long, his hair was long like feathers. The interesting thing though about this wilderness experience though, And, and this is what I want to encourage us with today. If you are in a wilderness experience, don't look at that as a punishment. Look at it as an opportunity. The, the interesting thing is it was seven years of him being in the wilderness, but at the end of seven years, this is what he says. Verse 34. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him, him who lives forever. It took seven years for him to be humbled. It took seven years for him to realize that it is not about his majesty, it is about his majesty. We can so easily get through life and feeling like we are building our retirement, our lives, our nest eggs, and we can have the career, we can have the everything that this world has to offer, and if we're not careful, we can easily find that we are becoming so self-focused, and we place God not in the place that he should be, which is first and foremost in our life. This idea that that we need to come to a place of humility. In the Beatitudes, when Jesus talks about that, in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, which basically means those who are humble, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Sometimes when we come to this place of, of realizing that 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 when we start to become gods upon ourselves, and it sounds extreme by saying that, but we are gods when we, we put ourselves above who God is. We realize that God is God, and there is only one God. Jesus is the only one king. 
And when he, when he is going to return, he's looking for a people in a church who are humble. And in the lives that we're living right now, he's looking for people who will respond to his voice and not say, I am so busy watching my latest Netflix. I'm so busy building my career and I'm so busy investing into my own retirement. And we realize that Jesus is asking us to humble ourselves. So the point that I want to make is, is realizing that heaven rules. You know, there's a part that, that Daniel says right here in verse 26. When he commanded that the stump be, lee, be left into the ground. And he says, from that time then he will know that heaven rules. The stump in the ground was that God was actually going to restore Nebuchadnezzar to his glory after the seven years, and he did. And this is why Nebuchadnezzar starts that chapter by giving praise and glory to God. And I don't want to be in a place where any one of you are at this, because we have choices. We can either become prideful in our life and, and live the life that is, is looking to satisfy ourselves. But when heaven rules, God always rules, he has a way of, of humbling you. And we have a choice. And I think Daniel was saying this, oh, oh, oh King Nebuchadnezzar, you have a choice here. You can either rep repent, stop practicing those sinful ways, Act righteously, show mercy to the oppressed, and that maybe will not happen to you, O King Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't listen to Daniel very well, right? The year later, he's like, oh, my splendor, my majesty, look at all my hands have put to. But God is faithful. He's so faithful in the wilderness experience, it's humbling for sure. But if we allow him to do great work in there, we emerge out of the wilderness experience in a much greater place. I was telling Pastor Richie and the team that, that my own little wilderness experience, and it's such so minor, right? A little foot injury, a little sickness. And, you know, in the big scheme of other people's wilderness times. But I said, the thing that, that God has been doing inside of me is I actually almost don't even recognize myself. There's a time, I don't know if you know my story a little bit, but I was, I was in business. I w had a land development company before I got into ministry. And, you know, um, I was very motivated to, towards business and building a business. God brought me, I submitted to him even into ministry, but I would even say in ministry, it was about, okay, how do we make this impact for you, God? And let's build this ministry. And, and nothing wrong again with that thought, but now looking back, realizing how much of myself was still in that. And it took a wilderness time for me to, to sit back a little bit and say, God, what are you doing in my life? But then what do you want to do in and through this church? And, and I guess I, I was saying that I, I don't recognize myself because the mark that used to be would be the, 
the type A leadership personality that let's get her done. Let's build something. And the mark today is, a, is quite a bit more humble. <laughs> and the mark today is, is really slow to get her done unless Jesus is saying, go do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because if we're not following the lead of the Holy Spirit, if we're not listening to what he is doing, then we, get, we start becoming gods unto ourselves. Even doing good things. Because if God hasn't initiated it, we, all we're doing is putting the works of our hands to things that will actually even end up burning. Will not have any value. And so here in Daniel chapter 4, we're reminded this, that, that we need to come to a place of humility. And, and in humility, we realize that, that the true majesty the true beauty, the true leadership, the true king of kings is truly Jesus. And we got to keep our eyes on him. I would say in this, in John, thank you so much for talking about how this world is a little chaotic, a little crazy. I would even say we could just get so looking at our world and the craziness of our world that it even takes her eyes off of Jesus as we're kind of feeling like, well, what's the signs of the times? What's going on in the world? And, and staying in tune with the, the news. And that's the first thing we wake up to. What's the latest news flashes? And, and we realize that Jesus is saying, hey, 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 hey. W- would you wake up to me, please? <laughs> I, I want to talk to you. I want to bless you. I want to love you. I want to I be there for you. But, but where are you? So maybe you're riding high right now in life, and I I just want to make sure that as you're riding high, just make sure Jesus is higher. If you're also in a place where you're feeling like you're going through a wilderness, I want to encourage you, let it be a joy for you as you're going through the wilderness time. Because there, if you allow it, you will, yes, feel humbled, but in that humility, You're going to find Jesus and he's going to start building your life back together in a way where he gets all praise and glory. I love this verse in closing from Micah chapter 6. It says, do justice, love kindness, And walk humbly with your God. Do justice. Love kindness. And walk humbly with your God. I I would say if there's anything that I would love on my gravestone, it would be that. That Mark loved to do justice. He loved kindness. He walked humbly with his God. Jesus tells a parable. In Luke chapter 12, parable of the rich fool. 
man had gained so much wealth, he says, I'm going to tear my barns down and just build bigger ones so I could just take it easy for, for a few years. I kind of think about that as, hey, let's, let's make sure that we had our retirement accounts and so when we get to that age we can just sit back and not worry about it and uh, that's true I, I'm not saying don't plan for your future I really do encourage you plan for a future but if we're doing that in the vacuum of listening to the spirit of God because Jesus says you fool you, you made all these plans but you didn't know that actually your life is going to be taken from you I'm going to leave you with this question. If your life ended in the next 20 minutes, would you feel good about that? Would you feel like you're at that place where you know that Jesus has been the Lord of your life? that you've been listening to his spirit and just walking in humility, letting him be your guide. Okay, I know we probably all can't get excited about, yeah, I'm ready. But it's a little sobering, isn't it? It's a little sobering to think about. But you know, there will be a day that Jesus comes back. Whether he comes back in our life or another generation beyond us, he will be coming back. But we will all face Jesus one day. And I know he's going to ask us some questions. And he's going to ask us how well we have loved him and loved others. He's going to ask, ask us if we've, you know, done our best to live righteously before God. Now, we need a Savior, right? Because we, we need a Savior. We are not perfect. And we still have stuff we're working through. But, but the Lord is, I, I just feel like he's just, he's just pressing us a little bit more. He's just pressing us a little bit more to say, let's just not go on through life just cruising just on autopilot. I think he's saying, just, just get closer to me. Get closer to me. Because he has things to share with us. He has things to, to speak to us. And then I just want you to know that, that your father in heaven is so good. And he loves you so much that if you're going through a difficult time right now, just, just know that he's allowing that time to do something in your heart if you allow him to. It will produce some beautiful things as I know it has in my life. Okay? Daniel chapter 4. The story of King Nebuchadnezzar. Pride goes before the fall. But then reminded that heaven rules. Heaven rules. And the ruler of the heaven is King Jesus. Let's keep him the king of our life. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. 
and maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.